This morning I have the privilege of really setting the scene for this season for us as a church. That over, over the last, let me back up a moment. I want to start by just honouring God for this last year. Um, this time last year, I, I, I'm just being honest, I think things were in a tough place for us as a church, lots of challenges. We, we, you know, the challenge we have with Gateway Furniture and that sadly that came to the end of its life and um, that amazing resource to serve the town. That was a, just a tough season of having to close something down, people being made redundant off the back of that. Um, finances were a challenge for us as a church because of that in part, but also just, the, um, just in terms of where we were. Um, it was just a season like that. I think finding traction I'm sorry to keep using this word, but I, the pandemic, but I think it has shaped us so much. Um, and it was hard to find traction. Um, as a team, we were, it was a place of having to learn again, new team. We've, we now have the joy of Callum and Robert being elders and Callum and Katie and Robert and Anita being added into the team. But again, you've got to learn how to do team again and, and adding people into that. And... September, October is a time that for us as a family that we kind of come back up to October, the end of October is the anniversary of Sam's death. And it's just one of those seasons where it's kind of like, gosh, this is tough. Um, and I think got to Christmas last year and it was, a, it was a tough season. It was hard. I felt drained. And um, I don't know, maybe you felt that as part of this church family. It just felt tough going. But then we came into the new year and just began to feel the encouragement of God and began to sense, hey, God is not done with us. He's very much at work and began to see that in our young people in particular, the, the students and 20s just beginning to be mobilized, as we've said. But I want to keep saying it because I want to keep that in front of us. But, but just a work of God among our students and 20s, helping them build relationship together, but also take steps purposefully following Jesus. That's been such an encouragement. You'll remember that we said, look, church, we have a challenge with our finances right now. And we just put the call out and said, look, we're, we're struggling. We're, we're, this doesn't work right now. It doesn't add up. And we said, can we respond as a church family? And just, again, I want to say it so we don't forget, but the faithfulness of this church family to respond to that moment. But then even more than that, over and above, to give at special offerings with a backdrop of a, a financial crisis. And just seeing God's hand of blessing. And then over this same season, just new people beginning to... to to walk through the doors on a Sunday morning. And I know it's not just about a Sunday morning, but yet we want to be a church that does grow. We believe that the kingdom of God advances, that people meet Jesus and the church should grow. That's a good thing. And just new people walking through the doors. And I personally, and I think for us as a team, over this, over this year, we've just begun to feel a sense of traction. I'm not saying we're flying. I'm just saying it feels like actually we've begun to move forward. And that's a good thing for us. It's exciting. It's encouraging. And it makes me want to go, God, what are you doing? What next? How are we to respond in faith? And I recognize that for you guys, there's been different journeys, different situations over this last year. But all of that is to say that through it, we felt the faithfulness of God. But as a team, as we've prayed and as we've talked, we, we just feel we've come to a point where we want to call us to continue now to push forward. It's been a, a season of recovery. I think that's probably a good word for this last year a season of recovery, but we don't want to stay where we are. We want to go. We want to move forward. We want to build purposefully, intentionally. And there's a couple of aspects to that. 
One of which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land on at the end, which is the email that Callum sent a while back about this belong that we want to call us into. I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment. Um, but the other is increasingly just feeling that actually for us as a church, for a number of reasons, we want to relay the foundation for us as a church. Churches are buildings, not this kind of building, people buildings. In 1 Corinthians 3, the Apostle Paul wrote, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? So now you have the joy of turning to the person next to you and saying, Don't you know that you're God's temple? And that God's spirit dwells in your midst. And all buildings, all buildings have foundations. And that's no different for God's temple, the church, the people of God. We have foundations which we build on. We are built on foundations. And it's important that we know what our foundations is so that we build straight and true and not squonky and on ground that sinks and things fall over. I don't know if you've been to Westfield uh, Shopping Centre at any time over the last few years, but on the back side of Westfield Shopping Centre, as I call it, the BBC side, um, there's a house that's upside down. Literally, it's, it's built on its roof. Um, and, and so the house is upside down. It, it, you know, we don't build houses on the roof. We build them on the, the right way up. Um, and yet, of course, as great as it looks, this upside down house, of course, it still has a foundation. Every building needs a foundation. And as a team... We've just felt that actually we need to, in this season, build, re, sorry, relay a foundation for us as a church, call us to get hold of that personally, together, because foundations set the direction. They set what it looks like. It sets the DNA for us, the expectations of what we're about. It points to the kind of church we believe in and therefore the kind of church we want to be. And so we... So We've just got to the point where we've said this season, right now, just in this sense of a bit of momentum and just the goodness of God and there feels a bit more life in us, is a moment to say, hey, Gateway, come on. Time to, time to push forward. Time to be intentional about what it means to be the people of God. I just want to recognize some of the challenges that we felt as a church over the last few years. That there has been a downward trend. Please don't feel like having your wrist slapped, but if they sting a little bit, that's fine. Um, we recognize that there's a downward trend, not just in Gateway, but right across the church, a downward trend in commitment to gathering together. That really isn't just us. That is right across the church. God's people, there's a downward trend in God's people wanting, desiring, considering it important to meet together. And the Bible just speaks straight into that. Do not give up meeting together as some, or it turns out in pandemics, many are in the habit of doing so. That's been a struggle right across the church. We recognize that there are many people here in Gateway who are relatively new over this season. And we, as a leadership team, as elders, shepherds in this church, we don't know you that well. And, and for a lot of you, you won't know us that well. And we want to address that. We want to do something about that. We want to close that gap. This is, a, this is a good challenge. It's not, I don't know if it counts as a challenge or not, but people 
a part of Gateway for all kinds of reasons, and that's okay. People come to choose churches for all different kinds of reasons, but we want to put in front of us purpose reasons. They say, I know I'm here because I'm, I'm belonging to this church for these reasons, and I'm going to touch into that in a moment. Over this last season, we've had increasing diversity of background and ethnicity. And that is an amazing thing. That's a privilege. That is, that is Jesus' vision for his church. A people made up of many ethnic backgrounds, every kind of diversity, and it should be displayed in the church. That's a great thing. I call it a challenge, not because it's a bad thing, but because there's a work that needs to be done to acknowledge that, to build well. And we've got ground to do in that. And just recognizing in this season, is, sorry, it just looks funny, everybody waving at themselves. Um, and you guys on this side, you've got the windows and there's more waving on that side. So, um, <laughs> And we want to learn again. We want to push forward as to how we build with that. A diversity also of church background. People coming from very diverse church backgrounds. Again, it's not, it's not a wrong thing. It just means people's expectations of what's a church about. What kind of church are we and why? People have different expectations of what that means and what that looks like. And so we want to use this series, The Church, to lay a foundation and call us, all of us, whatever our background, wherever we are in faith as God's people. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, I don't know don't even know if I am a follower of Jesus or actually I'm not. Well, I want to call you into this because the church is purposeful. It's God's people, God's family, and I want to call you so there's space for you. You can be part of the church, the people of God, and God's spirit can dwell in you. We want to call us at this point to begin again, to move forward, to in this season say, come on, we want to take some ground. We want to move forward. We want to be purposeful about who we are. And so we slowly have begun to find momentum and rebuild, and we want to now move forward again. Many of you won't know that Gateway is coming up to its 31st birthday at the end of November. Um, and some of you, this is your first Sunday, and others of us, oddly, were here from week one, 31 years ago. Just out of interest, I, I just, how many people were here from week one? Jen. Callum, were you here from week? Callum. Wow, yeah. Baby. <laughs> Anybody else? Wow. And then just out of interest, how many of you here have come in the, this is your first Sunday or, or you've come in the last six months? Come on, I've got to see those hands. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Welcome. Okay, let's extend that actually to a year. How many of you have been here over the last, started coming over the last year? Raise your hands nice and high. That... How can they... Be? No, if you six months, also put your hands up again, sorry. Yeah. Okay, great. And, and this is one of the challenges right now. Every week is a different group of people because people are not coming. And so there'll be a whole load of others who've started coming in that same time frame as well. And what I recognize is that people's understanding, perspective of what we are as a church and what we're about is vastly different. And it's our job as elders in this church, as shepherds, to set, to set before us and give us a, a sense of faith and excitement and vision for this family. 
to say, come on, we don't just want people just to rock up and attend on a Sunday. We're about something. And we want to give ourselves to that and to one another. The, um, not only is Gateway 31 years old, but many of you won't know, and this might not even mean something to many of you, but that as a church we were planted 31 years ago into the New, Fa- New Frontiers family of churches. Just out of interest, how many of you know of New Frontiers? Okay, can I do that the other way around? How many of you don't know about New Frontiers? Never even heard of it or you just don't really know? Okay, that's interesting. So New Frontiers is just a, a family of churches across the nations. It was led by a guy called Terry Virgo. And uh, Terry had a big vision for church. And his vision was this, and it's something that has gripped us and is a bit like a DNA for us, really. And he, he, he cast a big vision that the hope of the world is the church. The hope of the world is the church. Men and women, people just like you and me from different backgrounds, different experiences in life, who've met Jesus, filled with his spirit, captivated with him, excited about the kingdom of God, giving our lives to pursue the kingdom of God and the church, the dwelling place of God, living people, you and I. That's the hope of the world. Jesus through his church, the church, Jesus' hands and, hands and feet ministering to a dying and hurting world. And, and Terry, Terry, he lived with that vision and we were birthed as a church into that vision. And really, that's shaped a lot of how we think. We, we don't often refer to that, but that sense of, hold on, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a global purpose for the local church. We have a global purpose. We're not just here just for Sunday mornings and, well, I, I just rock up. No, there's a mission that's to reach the ends of the earth. And that's captivated us. And as a church, when we were planted, a friend from down the road, Ben Davis, um, who's, who's retired now, he's an, he's an older guy, um, fiery Welshman, and he gave uh, the leadership team at the time a prophetic word or gateway, a prophetic word of saying that we're to build locally and think internationally. And that sense of always wanting to reach beyond ourselves has been something as a church that has excited us, that shaped us, how we think, how we build. And I'm just aware that many of you might not know that. And so as a team, and as a church, we have conviction about the church, what it should look like. There's actually things that we as God's people should believe the, is the purpose of the church. Things we should give ourselves to. Things that we're to prioritize. Things that cause us to go beyond ourselves and to say, hey, we're going to need resource for this endeavor. Hey, there's a situation here. Let's respond to that. There's an opportunity. We have a conviction about what the church should look like. And and. Over this series, and this sounds very grand, yet I hope it's true, it's our job as leaders, as shepherds in this church to inspire you once again for the church. Yes, Kaylee, thank you. Yeah, we should give out candy. I feel that. <laughs> candy. Candy. Um, it really is. We've got, we've got these next number of weeks in front of us to say we want to inspire us as a church to say, hey, we're about something great. We're about the purposes of God together in our generation in this place that we might be a blessing to Swindon, to those in need across this town and further and beyond and out to the nations of the world. And it's got to shape how we think, how we gather, how we do community, all of those things.
And so that's what we're going to be doing over these coming weeks. Now, here's the good news, because I recognize there's lots of types of church. Biblically, there's one type of church, Jesus Church. He gets to set what the church is like, let's be clear. But you walk down the street, the metaphorical street, and you recognize there's lots of types of churches that prioritize all kinds of different things and have different flavors and different, and different ways of doing things. And that's, that's fine. You know, that's not a problem. But actually, the Bible is really clear about some of the patterns of what the church looks like. It's clear at laying the foundation of how churches should be and operate and think. And so just now, for a few moments, I just want to turn to look at the church in Acts. I want to put in front of us again, remind us of what the church in Acts looked like. Some of the, some of the identifying features. And this is what we're going to dig into over the coming weeks is to say, hey, we, we believe things about the church. Things that shape us. But this morning, I just want to give a bit of a broader view to set us up for the coming weeks. So Acts chapter 2. I just want to start right at the beginning. Um, it's not up on the screen. Just a couple of lines, a couple of verses. So Jesus has been crucified. He's been laid into the tomb, dead, buried, three days, and then is raised to resurrection life. Everything changes. And he meets his disciples. And he gives them instructions to wait for the helper, the Holy Spirit, the promised one who will come and empower his people for his mission. And so the disciples were together in one place on the day of Pentecost, that day of the festival. And we read in Acts chapter 2 verse 4 that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 42. So here's some, not just some features, here's some of the amazing new life in this new community. Followers of the way, followers of Jesus. God's people that we began to see. Listen to this. The people of God devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, just as we've done, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Father, just as we stop and look at the birth of your church, your dwelling place, your temple, your people called out for your purpose, we pray, Lord, that this morning would not just be simply, yeah, we know that. Lord, come, do some surgery in our hearts, Reignite a passion in our hearts for your kingdom come through your people, the church. Lord, may we live with a big vision of the church being the hope of the world. Ministers of reconciliation, the hands and feet of Jesus. Lord, set in our hearts a fresh desire to respond and go again and, and, to, just, and, to, and, to, and to push on and go further and dream bigger. Lord, come by your spirit this morning, we pray in these moments, captivate 
our heart, we pray. Amen. So just some features, I'm just going to list these off that we see in the birth of the church that we've just read. Well, first and foremost, it is a Holy Spirit-fueled entity. It's interesting, isn't it, that the first thing we see in, in Acts 2 is that the Holy Spirit was poured out. The church is birthed, empowered by the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. We see the preaching of the word, a commitment to that and to the gospel being proclaimed. Good morning, Jamie. We see fellowship among God's people, generosity of meeting need, remembering the poor, caring for one another, breaking bread, gathering together. We see prayer being central to who they were as God's people. We see that these are people who praise God, who worship God. We see that people are being added to their number and that signs and, signs and wonders were on display. They were happening, that the power of God was present. What a, what, a, what a place to exist in. What a moment. Wow, this new community of God. The people of God, empowered by the Spirit. Suddenly, everything's changed. You see, the church, when it was birthed, it wasn't just like, oh, we used to go to this building, and now we worship here. I mean, they still carried on worshiping in the temple at that point, but it wasn't just a, a slight change of venue for them. Everything changed. These people met Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus, believed in him, received his spirit, and everything about their life was changed as they learned to be God's people, shaped by him in their generation. And this should, straight out the bat, shape how we view church what we are part of this family for, our expectation of God's purposes as a community, as a family together. And then the church faced challenges of persecution, but it also began to mature. It was scattered out because of persecution, but it also began to mature. And later on in Acts, we, we come across the church in Antioch. And again, I'm not going to read uh, a load of scripture because we, we don't have time, but as we see the church in Antioch, we see some more features of what the church looks like as it begins to grow up. And so Antioch was a church that exercised spiritual gifts. It had an expectation of life in the spirit. This young church already had prophets and teachers present. It had an appetite for the things of the spirit. Antioch was a church of diversity, ethnically, culturally, Rich, poor, educational backgrounds. It was a church full of diversity. It had diversity in its leadership. It was, had Jews and Gentiles. Antioch was a spirit-led church. It wasn't just, hey, we're going to try this as our, as our growth mechanism as a church. It was a church that was led by the Holy Spirit. They would worship and pray and fast. And the Holy Spirit would speak to them as they gathered together. Yes, we want Jesus to lead us personally as his people and speak to us about who we're to be, what our lives are to be shaped like. But here we saw a desire in the church corporate for the prophetic promises of God. So we see that in Antioch, the church instructed, uh, the Holy Spirit instructed the church to set apart Saul and Barnabas for the work that God was calling them to. 
we see also that Antioch had a global vision. It was a church in a locality like this, had diversity like this. We want to be a people who are led by the Spirit, who are full of the Spirit, but Antioch had a global vision of what the church was to be. It was a mission-based, it was a mission-centered people. And they were a resource for other churches. It was a place that people would go out from and they would receive. And we see in these pictures of the early church that indeed God has a purpose for his church. To be a certain kind of community built on certain foundations. Not just doing any old thing. And this, this is meant to shape our passion for church. Guys, we're meant to have a conviction about why we go to church. Why we pick the church we go to. What it's about. How we want to build. I don't want to build something that's my idea of church or our idea of church as a leadership team. We want to be led by the Spirit. Faithful to the Word of God. And we want to do that. And we want to call us to that. I want to be honest, but I think right now, we, there's ground to take. There's ground to take. We're not firing on all engines. And so let me just take those things that we saw in the church in Acts and say, what might it begin to look like? Or It does already, I know, but there's more, for, more of this for us. It means that we, Gateway, are committed to the Holy Spirit. We're committed to the person of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit as God's people, made in his image, filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to neglect the person of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, enabling us into the mission of God, shaping us as we gather together, being in our midst, bringing joy and peace and hope and, and helping us minister to one another and just encountering the presence of God. Jesus said, when you're, when you're gathered together, I'm in your midst. I'm there with you. And he poured out his spirit so that when we gather together, we don't just gather to sing some songs and listen to somebody speak. We come to meet with God. We come to meet with the living God who knows you and loves you and has purposes for you and for this church and this town and the nations of the world. And we want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We want to be committed to prayer and worship. I, I, tell, I, I long Hear my heart on this, but I long that we're a church that we love to sing the praises of God. That we come and we just go, come on, God, I've, I've, I'm just, everything else can get behind me right now. I'm just here for you, to worship you, to exalt your name, to bless you. That we celebrate, there's a freedom among us to celebrate, to be excited about King Jesus, who's given us a hope and a future, given us a name invited us into his family. It didn't cost us a thing, it cost him everything. And that we celebrate, reminding ourselves we've received salvation from God. Once we were dead, now we're alive because of Jesus. And we want to be a people who keep calling one another to, to worship and celebrate together, that we, we gather and we worship that we might go and serve. But also we want to be a people who are committed to prayer. And I want to be honest, this has been something that um, the guys have been pressing me on as a team. They've been saying, come on, we're not doing good at this recently. This has gone right down the order of importance. And so we've, we've just 
said we want to, and again, as has been said already this morning, we want to call ourselves to be a people of prayer. There's more we can do with that. And for some of us, we've got to learn to reignite a passion for prayer. And some of you go, man, I struggle with prayer. Well, this, now's a great moment to get going. In fact, at 7.30 tonight is a great moment to get going. Don't, please don't go woohoo and then not turn up. <laughs> We want to be committed to the preaching of the gospel. Because it's the power of God to salvation. We want to be committed to faithfully preaching the word of God. Not afraid of cultural trends and expectations. But saying, no, we want to stand firm on the teaching of Jesus and the word of God to everything, to life and godliness. We want to be bold with the gospel. Knowing that we've got this dynamite that brings life to people in every sick. Every situation, every circumstance that we go, we carry this precious thing called the good news of Jesus Christ that is life to those who are perishing. And as a result, we want to see people saved and believe that we'll do that. It's been such a privilege over this last year with the church across Swindon as we gather together for our times of prayer breakfast just once a month over in that part of the room. And we gather together, it's 20, 25, sometimes 30 of us. And it's been such a privilege just every time we gather people sharing stories of people being saved across this town, meeting Jesus, giving their life to Jesus. We've got to have an expectation that God is in the business of saving people. We want to have a commitment as a church to teaching people, training each one of us to become like Jesus. To shape our lives and the pattern of our lives and the things that are important to us, that our lives are increasingly reflecting what it is to be Jesus-like. And that's tough for us because the world has trained us to be consumer-like. And so we've got to continue to call ourselves, say, no, no, we're meant to stand out from the world as God's people. People are meant to think that we're strange and we're weird because we drink some juice and eat a bit of bread and we give our money and we believe that God can save people and heal people. That we gather together on a Sunday morning when we could be doing the garden. as a priori- It's not just because we like it, it's a priority in our lives no less. We're meant to go against the flow of the world and we want to be committed to training and teaching us to do that. We want to be committed to community, building together, loving one another. Caring about one another, meeting one another's need. We want to be that kind of people where it's a commitment within us that we deeply care about one another. We want to be committed to this great town that God has placed us in. I love this town. I love this town. Over the 30 years that I've been part of this church, well, let's say the last 24 years that Em and I have been married, There's been times where we've wanted to move on, as I'm sure others of you may have experienced, not because of Swindon, but just, you know, as you grow up. And every time we've ever felt like that, God has always so clearly gone, no, you're here for purpose. You're here in Swindon. I've placed you in Swindon. And we want to be committed to this place. And I love this town. But as a church, we've got to have a heart that we want to shepherd this city, that we want to remember the poor across Swindon that we care for the need and the challenges that Swindon is facing. And we want to be committed to sending gifts of people and finance, resourcing others, other churches, others in what they're doing, 
and committed to pioneering new initiatives for the sake of the kingdom of God. You'll remember, many of you, that from 2017 through to 2020, we had the church plant in the east, the site in the east. And we did that full of faith, genuinely trusting that God was speaking to us, leading us. But we got to the point when we realized that what we actually had was another meeting. And it was, you know, it was a community gathered together. The community was strong, but we weren't present on the ground among a community. And just got to the point when we felt like actually where we've landed isn't what we had faith for initially. And rather than just carry on, we, as you know, we pulled the two sites back together But just because that didn't work in the way that we dreamed and believed, it doesn't mean we don't want to go again. I'm not talking about multi-site. I'm saying about planting churches, believing God that there's places, communities that need churches just like this, full of the Spirit of God, trusting the Word of God, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus right across this town. Just before the summer, Nigel and I had the privilege of uh, having coffee with Tom Price and David Cece just to talk about Penhill Community Church that we, along with a number of other churches, were involved and still are involved in. We give to it financially. We, we help in a number of ways just to uh, resource that church, along with others. But we are deeply committed to their success. And they are doing an amazing work of seeing people come to faith in Jesus over this last season. Back people being baptized. A community being loved deeply. And it was just so exciting. And as we were chatting with those guys, we just know that God's given us a model of church planting where we want to go again and and do that again. There's other communities in Swindon that need churches on the doorstep. Churches where people move in. David Cece and Anaret, his his wife, they moved into Penn Hill to commit themselves and give themselves. And we need to do that here. We need to see that right across this town. And we need to see that that we're, we're raising church planters who will send to other towns and other nations and so we're going to need to be to be committed to sending and resourcing and pioneering we're going to need to raise leaders to plant churches we're going to need to have the nations in our vision we're going to need to be bold at fueling these things with resources and finance generous hearts we're going to be committed to building in partnership with churches across this town seeking unity and God's blessing in that And with our friends across the nations, worked out through regions beyond for us. And that's what we want to see in this next season. That we're actually confident about the kind of church we want to be. That we're brave as elders, as shepherds, as leaders in this church of saying, come on, let's do this. Let's go for it. Let's trust God. Let's believe God for more than where we are right now for daring exploits, for saying, hey, can we really afford right now to plant another church or another two churches? Let's let's trust God. Let's be led by the Spirit in these things. And so, as we finish, can I call us as a church to some simple things? Can I call us to move forward together to take seriously what it means to commit to one another and to church community, to honor God with our lives, to be committed to gathering together. Can I, I recognize that COVID has disrupted our rhythm. Can I just ask you with kindness, genuinely, I don't mean this 
with any brashness, but just to be committed to gathering on Sundays to make it a priority. It's important. It's important. We need it. It does us good. These serve cards, can I encourage you to prayerfully and seriously consider how you might play a part in this family? Listen, God's given gifts, not just so that things run well and smoothly here, but we need to. We need to serve one another. But also we need to use and exercise the gifts that God's given us. But this card on your chair is a great opportunity just to say, hey, how was my part in this family? How am I serving? And again, I want to thank you for the generosity of finance over this year. We want to be a church that isn't afraid to call us to give out of the finances God gives us generously and proportionately to our income and resource that we have. So those who are wealthier among us, the expectation is on you to be able to give more. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. But the next step that I want to invite us as a church to is that as we've been talking about as a team, how do we together as a church close that gap of distance that's among us relationally? That sense of just um, people are here for all different kinds of reasons and just a lower commitment to uh, the things of God together as a people. There's a lower, generally a lower commitment to meeting together in one another's homes as we've just read in, in Acts that we're called to do that. We're called to regularly break bread, encourage one another, meet together. That how do we, and we, as we wrestled, how do we as shepherds build relationship more meaningfully in this next season as a church with every member of this church? And we, as we sat and we prayed, we felt the leading of the Spirit to, you will have received an email about this, to, um, to, Call us as a church, every one of us, whether, you, whether this is your first week or you've been here 31 years, to come on two evenings, each of us to, to, to commit to going on two evenings to this thing we've called Belong. On the email, it said the Belong course. It's not a course. That was just a typo. Um, but to Belong, we want to call us for two evenings to Belong. Oh, sorry, wait for your kids. Come back. One second. My bad. Just don't go. Don't go. Just let them... Stay just for a minute. They'll be fine. Um, and so we've set up the plan is that over, over in October, we're going to have two evenings where, where you can sign up. And we've got made space on the first one for 40 people to sign up. And we're going to set up tables around here. And as eldership couples, we're going to sit around tables and we want to lay a game for us. We want to get to know one another. We want to say, what does this look like for you and for us? And make this kind of thing we're talking about over these coming weeks personal. And look one another in the eye and actually talk about this. Well, what's your reflection on that? What's your experience of that? What's your hope for the church? What's, your, what's the gifts that God's given you? How are we going to work this out together so that actually in sitting together over food, deeply relational, yeah, amen, well done, Tom. We want to sit and say, hey, for some it's, I don't know your story. Who are you? And trusting that as we do that over these couple of evenings, we're going to run this multiple times. We're going to run it again later this year. And then early next year, we want the whole church to sign up for this. So the answer is yes um, when it comes to sign up. Um, and we want to call us and say, come on, we want to belong to one another well. As, as shepherds, as leadership couples in this church, we want to, we're here for you. We want to belong to you as this body.
And we want you to belong to us in the sense of giving yourselves to us, trusting us as leaders in this church. We want to belong to the purposes of God well as a church together, to have a deep commitment to that. And my trust is that as we sit over tables, eating food, sharing stories, reflecting on what some of this means, how each of us carries this in our heart, that God through his spirit will do a work, that we'll come out the other side, and this time next year we'll say, look at the, look at the depth of love and belonging and commitment in this family. Look at how God has fueled this by his spirit. And we'll be able to give thanks to God and say, God, you've done an amazing thing. And look, we're, we're, we're doing things that we dreamed of. We're planting churches. We're seeing gifts, um, gifts that we read about in the Bible raised up and released to serve and equip the church increasingly. We're seeing people excited about the mission of God on their doorstep, in their school, in their workplace, out to the nations of the world. We're seeing more Sams come up with, uh, with way-type ideas, saying, God's just laid something on my heart, and I'm just going to be faithful to that. I'm putting it all on the line, trusting that God is speaking to me to serve this town. That we'll, we'll, we will have taken ground in diversity, not just as a tick box, ex, tick box exercise, not as something tokenistic, but we'll say, my goodness, God is doing a work among us. And I really believe that these two evenings that we're calling you to, saying, come sit with us for evenings. Come and talk. Let's pray. Let's, let's sit round tables and fellowship together. I am believing that God wants to breathe on our hearts and deepen our commitment to one another. That we would, as a people together, be excited about what God is doing with us and through us. And that our prayer meetings would be places where we get to because we say, we've got to be praying for our friends that we're sending. We've got to be praying for this initiative, this church plant that God is calling us to. We've got to be praying that the resources for these things, these, um, these, these ideas that God is just seeding among us, that they would come into fruition. We've got to be praying for Sam with Way. We've got to be praying for Kevin and Dawn with Night Shelter. We've got to be praying for Helen with safe families. We've got to be praying that this town meets God. We've got to be sending ourselves out on more outreach with other churches, partnering together for the purposes of God. And I really believe that these evenings are about that. It's about joining our hearts together. They're going to be very simple. It's not lots of talking. It's not trying to be complicated. It's trying to sit together. Be together, share heart together, and trust that into that space, God will join our hearts together. So the info's out there. Please feel free to talk to any of us as a team about that. We are going to put your arm behind your back and twist until you say yes, just to let you know. Um, that is the deal. And I, I, I believe that through this season, as we lay a foundation and call ourselves to say, come on, Gateway, the church is the hope of the world that God will set in our hearts a passion for that. Is that going again, the ticker? So everyone stand. Father, I pray your blessing on us that as we worship this morning, Lord, you would fill our hearts with a desire to serve you and serve your kingdom and serve those who don't know you as we go from this place. Lord, excite our hearts for your people, for your purposes in our generation. Set in our hearts a fresh passion for your church. Lord, for this family. Lord, release resource among us. Lord, I pray there'll be nobody with need in this body, Lord. Do it, we pray. Lord, release life in your spirit, gifts of the spirit among us as we gather in our homes on Sundays in this way, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.